thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. Enjoy the podcast. Anyway, we're delighted to be here. Nathan's here as well. Um, and yeah, um, there was no show on tonight, so Nathan and I thought, well, why not just talk about teaching? So this is quite literally teachers talking, and we're delighted to be joined by three absolutely fantastic guests who will hopefully be joining us as speakers very, very soon. We I can see two of them in already. We've got Mr. Mack, we have got Mark Wilkes as well, and we will soon have Kerry Forrester as well, who has written um, quite a remarkable letter to her Member of Parliament talking about SATs and the impact they've had on their children, and in particular, today's reading test, which has been all over Twitter. It normally isn't, because normally um, discussion about SATs is held under lock and key. But um, the SATs test, um, reading test today, has been widely sort of criticised or certainly remarked upon for being remarkably complex um, for many of the year for the year 11s. God, I'm in GCSE mode for the 11 year olds who have been taking it um, today and this week. Um, but before we move on to that, Nathan, very good evening. Hello. Uh, I'm glad you got back in. Oh, yeah, but I'm glad too. Um, hopefully we can make Nathan a co-host as well. That'd be really yeah. nice. Why, why not? Give me some power. He's yeah, been invited. To invite people. And um, oh, yeah. Lucy, in the DMs, um, we've got a thread with Kerry. Could you send her the new link, please? Of course. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, um, it's been yeah quite a um, remarkable week already. It's one week until, less than a week until GCSE start. But um, the big one at the moment this week is certainly Year 6 Sats. And we are joined um, at the moment by Mark and by Mr Mac. So let's start with Mark. Um, good evening, Mark. You can unmute yourself. How are you doing? Good evening. I'm doing very well, thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic. Now, it must be a very, very stressful time for yourself as a head teacher in a primary school um, with a year six sets. But how has the experience been so far over the last two days? Well, it's SATs is always um, a bit of a mix of experiences because we work hard to try and make sure the children are very settled and calm and not so nervous. However, um, as hard as you try to do these things, uh, it doesn't always have um, the, the sort of impact that we, we would hope we would have, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, it does make sense. And, um, and so the situation with the reading paper today, without giving too much away, just share your insights as a head teacher. I think the, the the difficulty with the reading paper today was 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 that I think it's the first time. I mean, I mean I've been teaching for thirty odd, thirty years now. Uh, I've been head teacher for about eleven years, and it's the first time that I've really experienced children um, burst into tears. Uh, one child a day um, had to leave the room because they were upset. Uh, uh, all around the the not being able to complete the test. Uh, in the time allocation, I think that the text was quite hefty, uh, a hefty read, um, and 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 the pressure I think of getting through the paper in the time set um, reduced a number of children to tears today, which 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 I've never seen before. Mm, you know, I mean, we're def- we're going to come back to you very soon, Mark. But we've got Kerry and Mister Mack as well. If we go to Mister Mack. Um, Mr. Mack is year six teacher in his 13th year of teaching and is an English lead in um, his school. Mr. Mack, do good evening and do Mark's words chime with you. 
Hello. Um, yeah, they do. Um, we were lucky enough that we didn't necessarily have children that were upset by the situation. I think whether that was luck or, or what, but um, we we certainly felt quite anxious as a staff um, and we we th- we thought afterwards that it was a particularly difficult paper, as Mark said, um, very, very text heavy. And a lot of the questions seemed to require quite detailed answers as well. There weren't many where you could just write a word or two. So, yeah, um, thank you for that, Mr. Mark. And um, finally, Kerry is here. Um, good evening, Kerry, and thank you very much for joining us. Um, I imagine you've been having quite a lot of interest at the moment after the letter that you have sent and posted on Twitter as well. So thank you very much for joining us uh, tonight. That's my pleasure. Could just talk through, first of all, your experiences of a reading paper, um, like Mark and Mr. Mack have done, and also, secondly, why you felt compelled to write the letter that you have written. So the reading paper today, like I've been a head teacher now for 14 years, and I've been teaching for 29 years. I've never seen a reading paper like it. Um, We saw the pictures on the front, and the children before the test were all very giving us their ideas, and we thought, oh, we're going to be okay. And then they they started to read the text, and it the text were fine, but then it went on to the questions, and I don't know who wrote that paper, but it was certainly nobody who knows what 10 and 11-year-olds are going through. Our kids love reading. All of them are really capable readers. And they were in bits. I've never seen anything like it. So that was, I was, I was furious. I was enraged. And my year six teacher was um, shocked. She was stunned. She's um, a very experienced teacher who's never seen anything like it before. Um, we had children in tears, really, really capable children who just could not, believe how different it was from you know what we we've looked at previously to get them ready and that was my road to Damascus moment that was the time that I thought no what the heck are we doing we've got children stressed we've got children in tears why are we actually doing this we're, we're just doing it for the government for their accountability measures and it, I got really angry and um, I shared my feelings with um, with my team, and I I explained I was going to write to the MP. We can't go on like this. We are actually killing the love of learning in our children by doing something that means nothing. You know, parents coming up to me and telling me how last year their children arrived in high school, and the high school teachers' first thing they say is, "Forget about your sats. They mean nothing." And these children are putting so much pressure on themselves. You know, it's we keep telling them. We've stood there and said, don't worry about it. All we want is you to be happy. We just have to do it. There's no pressure. But they put the pressure on themselves. And it's it's harrowing to see the impact on their mental health and well-being. And I think we've seen it get worse up to COVID. Then after COVID, it was great, wasn't it? Because we didn't have to do them. And did we miss them? No. Was any of the learning not there? No. Did the children not do as well? No. The children had more fun. They had more time to learn. And they didn't have to sit through a week of nonsense where they just feel 
like they're out of control, that they're just doing something that causes them anxiety. They're 10, they're 11. We can't, mm -hmm. can't let this go on. Well, it's, it's interesting, of course, you talk about the period where we didn't have stats and it's certainly left us in secondary schools in a really interesting position whereby we've got a year nine cohort just about to start their GCSEs in year 10 and we've got absolutely no primary data on, key stage two data on them and therefore progress eight in two years time is going to look, um, well, we don't have a clue what it's really going to look like at the moment and neither does the government. Um, so I think one of the questions is if you do replace it with stats, what's the impact of it on secondaries? But I suppose um, the response to that is, hey, hang on a second, let's Let's talk about the primaries. Nathan, you had your hand up. Yeah, Tom, I just think it's important. You know, I know we've got a lot of different people listening in that we kind of contextualise what we're talking about here with the reading test. Now, we can't talk about this year's because obviously there's a, a level of embargo on exactly what we can say around that until the testing windows open. But I've pulled up last year's uh, reading test paper. And what I'm looking at here, uh, for those of you who haven't sat a key stage two uh, reading paper, is there's a 12 page booklet three different sections to it are uh, getting progressively harder. I've just run the um, reading uh, level analysis for it. The hardest text in there, Tom, comes back with a reading age for 12 to 14 year olds. Um, so that's the third one in there. That's what that comes back as. And then you've also got a 20 page booklet that goes alongside it with, you know, uh, sections, different parts about each question. But we're looking at questions in here, Tom, last year where there were things like underline one word in the quotation below that suggests that um, Vladik's performances are carefully rehearsed. And then it gives you a sentence combining a seamless mix of acrobatics, dance and juggling. The star has performed with a range of companies. Um, so th there's quite a level of depth there. I think, you know, for people listening in who maybe haven't mm. sat it, we're talking about a significant challenge even last year, you know, even in the years before, sorry, um, let alone for people to be saying this year's was even harder. Mm. Well, I, I look forward to seeing what the paper looks like when I get a hold of it. Now, I'm in a interesting position of course um, because I'm my school's literacy coordinator and a huge part of my job is working through reading interventions with our year seven cohort it's normally the bottom 10% who I work with in terms of rather intensive reading comprehension and fluency um, intervention um, and so it'll be interesting to see if those students have come through this SATS reading paper they haven't been able to access large chunks of it and therefore have got an even more negative view of reading than they may have in the past but also i don't think it's necessarily going to be the impact on them but potentially the students who may be being used to being a greater depth and may have had an adverse experience on this um, because they've found it much harder than what they've been used to perhaps very conscientious students and therefore they've had a you know it's knocked them in terms of their reading and their confidence with reading um, now mark you're a head teacher you're in staffordshire now i'm here hoping that gavin williamson's your mp but i might be wrong <laughs> uh, i'm glad he's not <laughs> uh, for opinions are available um, but um terry's written to her member of parliament will you be doing anything similar yeah i, I mean uh, it's very difficult my member of parliament um refuses to speak to me um because <laughs> we have, uh, have very different opinions. Um, so currently on, on, on Twitter, he, he won't engage. He's, he's actually blocked me on Twitter. Um, but yes, I'll follow, I'll follow things up with a, with, with a letter. I, I was very impressed with Kerry's, Kerry's letter, and that have certainly inspired me to, uh, to do something about it. 
Um, and are and open to Kerry and Mr. Mack as well. Um, but I'm particularly interested from Kerry and Mark's perspectives as head teachers, whether you're hoping that um, the unions get involved, whether that's ASCO or um, NEHT, and whether they put together some sort of united action um, to change the narrative on SATs. Do you know what? I, I really hope they do. Now, obviously, this is an opinion, and I applaud all the teachers who have been striking recently. But when we're striking, the hurt is the children. And that's what I can't get away for. What I want to hurt is the government. And to me, all these crazy tests that we do in primary, I mean, we've got our EYFS baseline, we've got our phonics test, we've got the multiplication test, the key stage one SATs, which are still going on into the key stage two SATs. Why are we doing them all? We're just wasting time testing our children when we'd be better served teaching our children and just enhancing that love of learning. You know, we, we work so hard to develop in them. Take away those tests. I, I so want the union. I've, I've been in touch with Simon Kidwell, who's the um, in the NHT, and asked him to to table that idea that we actually boycott. We shouldn't. Why are we doing it? We shouldn't be doing it. It's not for us. It's not for our children. It's for the government. And we need to stop doing things for them that are hurting our children. I totally agree. You know, there's the, you find yourself turning into somebody that you're, you're, you're not really. I mean, we had a child today who, uh, following the SATs, um, uh, was sick. Um, and um, uh, as I was sending him home, um, I'm having the conversation with mum. You know, if he, if he's feeling okay tomorrow, you know, make sure that he, he, you know he comes in ready to do ready to do sass. And I'm thinking, no, that's that's a ridiculous thing to be saying. He has a child who's who's obviously got some sort of some sort of bug, and and I and I find myself putting pressure um, to to have him in school just to carry out that test. I mean, I stopped myself halfway through that conversation with the mum and said, of course, if he's not very well, no, look, we'll, we'll, we, you know, we've, we've got the um, facility to, to, to do it next week. If that's, if that's necessary, I can put an application. But even that's ridiculous uh, because then the conversation was, if I do that, this child can't talk to any of his friends, any of his peers um, until such time as he can do the actual test. This is ridiculous for a 10, 11-year-old yeah. uh, to explain. Those sorts of expectations, and I'm ashamed to um, say, I've done exactly the same. You know, one of our one of our children was throwing up at five o'clock this morning, and our our all school have the guidelines forty eight hours after sickness. I'm arranging with parents for this child to come in tomorrow to sit three tests. Yeah. What am I? Why am I doing that? Why am I putting that child through that? Yeah, it's bonkers, yeah, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, what, what, and what is there? What what do the children gain from 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 Sats? That's that, that's the question I keep coming back to. Is what do they actually get from it? Um, and I, I I still haven't found an answer yet. No. to that question. Mm -hmm. Thank you. But I should say thank you to all of the listeners who have joined us this evening. If you're new to Teachers Talk Radio, um, then you can hopefully see where it says Teachers Talk Radio in the top left um, as host. If you just 
tap on the icon and press follow. You'll be able to follow us and keep up to date with all of our Twitter spaces and our shows on Podbean. Um, if you please also subscribe to our website at ttradio.org um, and also on ttradio.org forward slash listen back, you can catch up with all of our latest 1,000 shows um, and you can search for all things, any topic you want and you will have a list of shows which will come up as well. So if you're new to Teachers Talk Radio, a very warm welcome. Uh, Mr. Mack, you've had your hand up for some time, so I'm going to bring in Mr. Mack now. Uh, thanks. I just wanted to offer some support to what Kerry had said before. Um, we do have testing in just about every year group. I think there's only year three and year five where there is no testing. Obviously, the key stage one SATs become non-statutory next year, I believe. Um, but I just think we missed an opportunity post-COVID. Again, going back to what Kerry said um, about did we miss the SATs? Has it made a difference? I appreciate there's a knock-on effect to some extent um, in secondary school with target setting, but we're in the middle of a, a children's mental health epidemic, pandemic. Is is this good for our young people? I just think... So are we talking about replacing SATs with something else or abolishing testing at the end of Key Stage 2 entirely? I think there's a wider issue and... Um, I want to try and keep it focused on on the SATs, but I think by trusting teachers, we could achieve so much. We could gain so much. Ofsted, obviously, is a a big topic of conversation at the moment, and obviously what's happened um, that's triggered the conversation is a result of a mental health um, trigger, really. And we're doing the same to our children. We, We just don't seem to be... We don't have an education system that is protecting ourselves. Um, so, I mean, I know the, the key stage three SATs, they have been gone for a while, but if there was a need perhaps for a target setting situation, would children be a little bit more prepared at 14 than they are at 11? I don't know. I don't know what the replacement is, but I, I, I'm in total agreement that what we've got isn't working. Thank you. Um, I was just reading um, Kerry's letter again, and Kerry, I noticed that you, in part of your letter, you said talked about sets can be detrimental to the overall learning experience of children. Instead of fostering a love for learning and encouraging creativity and critical thinking, children are being taught to memorise facts and figures for the sake of passing a test. This narrow focus on test results can undermine the development of other essential skills, such as problem-solving, teamwork and communication. If you take Problem solving, teamwork and communication. Can those skills be tested? Can those skills be assessed? Is it a case of abolishing SATs entirely or do you, is there a way of replacing it with a more holistic judgment of a child's progress at their time at primary school? 100%. SATs are unnecessary. Um, my year six teachers and I discussed the fact that what do they actually tell us? They tell us nothing. We know the children. My year six teachers... All my teachers, they know their children inside out. They're with them day in, day out. At primary school, they do every single lesson with them. They see how they're working. They see how they problem solve, their teamwork, their communication. through a really good, rich curriculum. You know, we're not SATS factories. The government just needs to take them away. SATS actually stop the learning from happening. Our children are being tested this week. That's a complete waste of time. 
we could easily be having an enriched curriculum that enabled us to have a holistic assessment of what our children can achieve. The government have just got to trust our teachers. I feel that that's gone. It seems to be this blame culture of this, this big stick that they want to beat us with. You know, accountability measures. Let's just have this measure to beat our schools with. Actually, let's just let our schools get on and teach our children. They know the children. They love the children. It's mm -hmm. about them making their judgments. That's what counts, not the SAT scores. Mark, over to you. You've got your hand up. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about children's mental um, mental well-being. Um, and w when we didn't have the SATs uh, due to COVID, um, it, it really freed up the, 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 the teaching. Um, it widened the scope of the things that the children were being taught because what we didn't have then is uh, year six teachers panicking or worrying or stressing um, about making sure, have I, have I covered this? Have I covered that? What's going to come up on the test? What do I think is going to happen here? Testing children to find out where they are, to find where the gaps are, um, it, just to prepare them for a test. We, all of that went, um, and children were taught what they needed to be taught, not what what may be prescribed for a SATS test. So when they, were, when they didn't exist, when they weren't there, the teaching and learning was far richer um, and 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 then it, it it is when it's narrowed uh, for testing purposes. Um, Nathan, um, at this point, I want to hand over to you um, as the primary expert between the two of us. Hey, you know, I, I find it really interesting, and I am sat here uh, looking at um, you know I'm sat here in Wales where Sats don't exist. And and so, you know, I'm reflecting on some of this. I was, you know, a, a primary school leader in, in England going through this process. I think, you know, listening to what particularly Mark's saying there about the, the process of the, the teaching and learning and that run up. And I, and I can be brutally honest because, I, you know, I, I, I don't do it anymore. But there are times when year six felt like we were spending an increasing amount of time working towards those tests, working, you know, in the same way that you might talk in, in secondary about, you know, GCSE revision and prep and those things. And actually, when I look at my year sixes and I think about what they need and I think, do they need to be taught how to squeeze an extra mark out of a test paper? You know, is that really what I want the last year of primary to be? And, the, and the, I have questions around that. The only thing I'll throw into the box you know, because I know people are talking about accountability and things like that. I would say when we look at Wales, reading without SATs, Wales lags behind the rest of the UK for things like it's reading. And I'm not saying that those things are linked, but, I, you know, I do wonder if, if, if without them, have we gone too far the other way without accountability, without drivers, without pressure? I, you know, I have a son who's in year one and there is no phonic screening check coming up for him. But I know if he was in England, he would be technically behind. And I know that he would be doing interventions and being pulled out of class and things that he maybe enjoys for them. And I wonder, is that right? Is that wrong? I'm happy with his education as it is. But there's all of those questions. I know he's further behind than he would be if he was in England on the same trajectories. Mm. I mean, it's interesting, of course, because um, I think even especially the phonics test, 
checks and things like that. Um, there is a you know there's so much pressure on on the kids, and yeah, they're five and six years five years old, but actually there's a lot of pressure on them. I, I run um, our school's um, phonics catch up in secondary um, for year seven and eight, um, and it's interesting talking to one of our senior leaders whose kid is um, going through um, phonics at the moment. And, you know, talking to the primary school teachers saying, well, actually they're struggling with these sounds at the moment. And and actually as a parent, they're going, well, actually they can breeze through this at home. Um, So there's a lot, I think there's a lot of test anxiety and of teaching to the test. And as you say, yes, it might mean that in Wales, they are lagging behind, but is there surely not sort of perhaps a more broad and balanced education which is paying dividends in other ways Tom, i don't know if my son is behind or not you know that's the reality of this what you, we're talking about no, he, he, like that. i know in england if i was his head teacher at a primary school in england and we had the phonics screening check coming up you know i, I would be having the conversation with myself but then do i want a teacher to tell me that my five-year-old needs to be missing out on going out in you know and doing things that he loves because he's behind in his phonics and maybe he'll catch up maybe he won't I don't know you know like where does that sit there's big questions there it puts pressure on the parents for sure I felt that it puts pressure on the kids so you know as best as we can do I've been talking to loads of people online about Sats breakfast clubs this week and they're wonderful things that primary schools are doing but they're having to do them because there's pressure you know, because we're ex- uh, accepting of it. So I don't know, you know, like where we sit. Wasn't this the whole point of a new Ofsted? I mean, you in Wales and his Eston, but wasn't this the whole point of a new Ofsted framework that um, if there's less emphasis on summative performance measures and more emphasis on a well-rounded, broad and balanced curriculum, and that measures like these would be less important from an Ofsted perspective. Uh, you might need to ask someone more, you know, more recent experience of Ofsted than me. Mine was under the old framework when I last had one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I would say Ofsted comes, what, once every two to four years? Your SATS results are coming in every year and people are judging you on them. Whether you like it or not, your governors are. That That's my experience of it. You know, maybe, maybe ask one of these other guys here, I think. Okay, I will do. Um, we've got Carrie and Mark, who are head teachers. Um, so, how worried are you about the accountability pressures in terms of SATs, in terms of phonics checks? Um, do these things worry you at all, or do you just put them to the back of your mind and focus on what you know on what the best thing is for children in front of you in your school? I think the longer you the longer you are in the tooth as a head teacher, then the the bolder you become in actually ignoring those measures because you realise that they don't actually matter. And do you know what? Your son, Nathan, in Wales, having not being pulled out for interventions, being able to actually enjoy learning to read, wow, that's just fabulous. You know, Wales don't have those accountabilities. Are they lagging behind? Well, what are the GCSE results telling us? You know, do our children get to the same point as those children in Wales? We just need to look. There's so much research around what other countries are doing where they do not have those severe accountability measures. As I said, I've been teaching for 29 years. We've always worked hard as teachers, as a teaching profession, to enable our children to be the best they can be. And we're never going to stop doing that, no matter what 
the government are saying, no matter what everyone is saying. It's the fact is we want the best for our teachers. The curriculum, though, doesn't want the best for our children. And I think if you go into the curriculum and you go into the SATs, which is a measure of the curriculum, this is where it's all going wrong. So accountability, you know, ah, it's just there's other ways. There's so many other ways that that we could actually measure how well our children are doing in schools. And the problem is there's non-educationalists setting these damn tests. Mm. Wasn't the whole point of the Oxford framework, though, that you were able to focus on things which aren't reading and writing and if you judge on those, and that's schools which taught exclusively to the test and focused on that's prep, that's prep, that's prep, would be knocked down by Ofsted and it, they would look worse than schools which actually were honest and actually, you know, taught children without that focus on test. Well, that's what Ofsted are saying, aren't they? But it's not there in practice. You, if, if if that if that were true, they, they, then Ofsted wouldn't wouldn't start by looking at your data exactly. before they even attend yeah. school. So so what what they say and what's the reality are very <laughs> very very different things. You know, I I, I completely agree with Kerry. That, you know, I'm I'm long in the tooth now. <laughs> I'm teaching for thirty years, and 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 you look at the you know the the, the league tables don't bother me. The data does. You know, I I don't feel the pressure of of that data. I try very hard not to put. Uh, any, any staff under that that pressure either, um, you know. And my governors are, are very good actually because because things are in context. So we talk we talk about children. We talk about year groups where where you know, you know they need may need further support, etc. Um, but um, that that the idea, Nathan, that that, that your you know your, your your child isn't pulled out uh, for for interventions. Um, just to pass a pass a test uh, is so refreshing because um, the, the number of children that have their curriculum narrowed because they need extra support, uh, the number of schools that that uh, I mean we we didn't do this, but the number of schools that held sort of extra sessions during holiday periods, etc., um, to to try and booster their their their, their children, um, uh, you know, it, it just takes it to another level, doesn't it? Um, it's something which I find completely abhorrent and completely wrong but about taking 11 year olds and doing easter sats revisions booster camp sessions and you know do, taking five-year-olds out to do intervention sessions for phonics now i understand why teachers do that because of a huge accountability pressures that there are but, but it just does not sit right with me at all um mr mac um you're not a senior leader but you are a middle leader and you're an english lead and you're an ect mentor and you've been teaching for 13 years um do you ever get worried about accountability in primary yeah um i think that we are overfaced by accountability and i think again going back to to what was just said before um yes nathan's son if he, if he was in england might be going into interventions and and yes that might potentially lead to to a high level of reading but what would he be missing in the meantime you know he might be missing some PE he might be missing some history we we need we need all sorts of people we need not just English and maths experts um so we're possibly starving children of opportunities to explore other avenues 
And I think the Ofsted uh, change of the wording that they had with with reference to not being SATS exam factories, at the time I felt it, and I, I still haven't changed my opinion, that that was just their very clever wording and justification to measure all other subjects um, by the same standards as, as English and maths. I don't think they're expecting less from English and maths. I think it was just their way of saying, we're going to look at everything, hence deep dives um, to the same degree. Well, the deep dives thing in second, in primary schools is um, in some cases bizarre anyway. I remember, I can't remember when it was, we had um, Tiago um, on who um, was is currently, I think, a non-teaching Senko who, um, because there was no geography leading their school um, at the time of their Ofsted, um, jumped in and said, oh, I'll talk about geography with the inspector as part of the deep dive. And the first question was, what is your vision for geography at the school? And he was like, well, I don't know because I don't lead it, but I'm just here talking about geography with you. So, yeah, I think there are some, I think, you know, of the conversations and the debates about Ofsted have gone on and on and on and they will continue to go on and on and on and I think generally speaking the consensus is going to be um, that there will be separate frameworks for primary and secondary it's just a question of how long it takes us to get there Nathan um, any thoughts yeah you know I think one of the things that we haven't touched on yet which I think you know is an important part of this conversation you know is what it does to not just year six but to your other year groups as well because it is an sats for me is an approach to uh, curriculum testing and so it's not uncommon and it's something that i've seen and there are organizations out there who will sell you test papers for your year fives and your year fours to do twice or three times a year so that you can track all the way through so that you can uh, get exactly you know 75 to 80 percent of 30 children past your threshold to hit your target but so you have this kind of tracking so it, it doesn't just happen at the end of primary and we've talked about those big headline ones but it sets a mindset in place for me where actually the our only way to assess children you know which we do really well in in foundation phase you know down the, down that end of the school where we're doing it for teacher assessment but then as soon as we leave that maybe into year one and we start thinking they've got key stage one sats coming up soon we start getting into paper-based testing sitting them down you know in silence for an amount of time to do testing and i would wonder how many people you know who are listening in here are doing a sats equivalent in all but name and national rollout in other year groups in preparation you know as a tracking method i think that's something that worries me about this happening it's not just end of key stage it's ended up being spread through the whole of the school when I was at primary school, um, which I mean, I, I I do actually remember doing end of year. I think we called them optional sats um, at the end of year three, the end of year four, and the end of year five before doing the real thing in year six. Um, and I mean, there's there's in, there's interest. I've, weirdly, there are pros and cons to his approach. But cons are, of course, you're stripping the joy out of learning and education. Um, but it's very similar to schools that do several sets of mock exams in year 10 and year 11 at GCSE in fact you are preparing your students for the real thing and the real thing is less scary now this can be quite counterproductive because you end up with a situation that actually some of those 16 year olds who are taking their GCSEs don't see it as scary don't are quite lackadaisical about it and actually don't take them as seriously as they could because they've been over the course of taking several sets of mock exams um 
that sort of the fear factor, if you like, has been taken away from them. And as a result of that, they don't treat the proper exams with the seriousness seriousness they have. I, I, you know, I agree, Tom. You know, I see that in GCSE now. You know, I get to work with some young people doing their GCSEs. And, and I, I, I see that at GCSE. I don't know how much I think, you know, how how seriously I should be expecting an 11-year-old or a six-year-old to take a test. If anything, actually, I don't want them to take it seriously at all. You know, I want it to be a measure, maybe. But, I, you know, do I want 11-year-olds being stressed about sitting an exam at 11 that, for me, doesn't do much more than provide an accountability measure? Because, you know, I don't know how much secondary schools look use them that you know, they, they, they have their own testing things that they like to do. I, I, you know, I really do wonder that. How much do we want an 11-year-old? How stressed do we want an 11-year-old to be? How much seriously do we want an, a 5-year-old to take a test? That bit, you know, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. And anyway, we've been talking about that, but let's talk to Kerry, Mark and Mr. Matt about what you've got planned for year six after SATs are over. What 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 you got? What have you got lined up, Carrie? Well, it's all the good stuff. Literally, like, well, we're praying for good weather. Freedom Friday. Good afternoon. weather, yeah. Oh, absolutely. The Year Six teacher, she is just an absolute bundle of energy, and so we've got Miss Neil and Mister Bonnet, who are just going to have crazy fun with the kids and just remind them that what primary learning is all about so you know we've got the enjoyment of sports day coming up they've got their play that they're going to think about they're going to crack on with all their other learning that never goes away this is the thing this is the fact that we've literally paused their learning for a week and they've they've learned nothing this week all they've learned is how to deal with a test and how to get through the anxiety of being sat in a room in silence doing their sats. You know what? Mm -hmm. It's crazy. You shouldn't be experiencing that as a 10-year-old. What does that teach you about learning? So we just can't wait. I know that my team are amazing and they're just going to have so much fun. It, it, it's, it's quite it's quite interesting because we're talk, talking in a staff meeting uh, this evening um, about aspects of aspects of reading and some of the some of the some of the bits that get left till after SATs um, and and then the, the, it just got me thinking in terms of um, how how we do narrow things prior to the SATs so that you, you you talk about so what are we going to do now well we're going to let them loose with some some enjoyable learning how shocking is that that we're even consider we're even discussing the fact that there is this idea of uh before SATs and after SATs learning it, it shouldn't be like that it should be consistent all the way through yeah we've got some fun things lined up for them um particularly as this year six they move on to secondary school so we always do a lot of levers uh, leavers activities etc but we shouldn't have this distinction between uh, well I, I'm going to leave that until after sats because that that uh, that's not going to be tested therefore um, I, I, I that's not a priority at the moment and it and it it, it takes away it, it takes away some of the importance of those things that are being taught after the sats because the children the children think they've finished when the sats are over and done with they think that's it they think that that's their year done and dusted 
Um, and, and so their attitude to the learning changes, I think, after SATs too. Um, and, and I think that it does with the parents as well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've had a debate in our school because the parents want the children to wear their leavers hoodies that they've they've bought for them when Sats is finished, and I'm standing my ground and saying, no, they're not leavers. They can wear them the last week. They're not. They're still our children. They're still part of our school family. They're, they're, we've got so much learning still to do. Don't make the children think that SATS is the end. So that's been quite controversial in our school, if I'm honest with you. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, uh, you, we, 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 try to, uh, we, we try to all, all year talk about the, that year six we use as preparation for secondary school. We're getting them ready for the next part of their journey. And that, that, that's the approach that we always take. So that when SATS, SATS is over and done with, um, we, we we're still talking that same language of actually this this is just part of your journey um, and and actually the sats the sats are not important it's about getting those foundations in place ready for you for secondary school that's really important so we, we try really hard to do that but you 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 are swimming against the tide um, particularly with 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 uh, parents and 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 that attitude from the children that no it's done now sats sats are over and done with. Mr. Mack, any plans for after Sats with your year sixes? Everything, everything that Mark said resonated really about um, leaving all the the fun stuff. We we do have this before Sats and after Sats culture. Unfortunately, um, we've got ice cream vans, free time afternoons, sports afternoons. Um, I'm trying to get the the head teacher on board with fewer maths and English lessons over certainly over summer too. Um, because we need time to catch up on those art projects, DT projects. We've got music. We have, we have people coming in doing singing with the children. Um, but we've lost time to, you know, you do your extra arithmetic practice in an afternoon or you do a little bit of reading here and there. It's not fair. And th there's a curriculum entitlement to, to all subjects. So we'll certainly be going heavy on those in the remaining weeks. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to get involved in the conversation, and big thank you so far to Kerry, Mark, and Mr. Mack um, for taking part, um, you can, on the bottom right of your screen, there's a little speech bubble that's got a number one next to it. And if you click on that, you can tweet us with your thoughts on what Kerry, Mark, and Mr. Mack have said so far, um, whether you agree with them, whether you want to build on anything they've said, or whether you want to challenge them on anything. Um, but the other thing you can do, not on the bottom right, but on your bottom left, is there's a button which says Request. And one person who has found that Request button is David Walsh. Um, now, David, I've had a quick look. I believe you're a primary teacher. Very good evening to you. Um, what would you like to add to the conversation this evening? And he's dropped out. Devastating. Um, oh, Tom, where were Tom, we? Tom. I can't believe you've done that. Cold called on someone and they, and they disappeared out of the room. He literally requested to speak and I brought him in. It wasn't a cold call. It was well, a warm call. Calling. Calling. Um, well, we've got Perry and Mark, two school leaders, I did want to ask you about something else, um, if I may, which is um, a, I'm going to try and find it while I talk and do a little bit of filler here, um, which was a statement made um, today by the Office for Statistics Regulation. And the Office for Statistics Regulation was asked by the government to comment on the um, government's pay offer to schools um, because certain people had said that 
the pay offer was not fully funded. Um, the government made it clear that they believed that the pay offer was fully funded. And the Office of Statistics Regulation has sided with the government. They have said that the government's pay offer to schools was fully funded at a national level. Oh Kerry. my goodness! Tom, Tom no. can I read the other quote? <laughs> no. I, I'd like to just give it because I, I, I'm, you know, I feel like I need to do this in their voice. Um, so they've come back and said that some users may have interpreted fully funded to re- to refer to the individual school level. Clearly, that's mm. not what they meant. No, oh they, my we goodness. didn't. Go on, Perry. It's a load of rubbish. They didn't fund it at all. The fact was, the pay offer was put in. There was no funding there at all. Then all of a sudden, this 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 amount isn't there announced at the budget, and it's like, oh yeah, that's going to school. And all of a sudden, that's for the funding of the pay award. It's just ridiculous. They're just backfilling. It is not what they did. It wasn't a planned, fully funded offer. And it doesn't even cover it anyway. I think also always, always interested with school funding is they'll, they'll always talk about there's more money going into schools. Um, and, but they'll talk, about, they'll talk about the big pot of money, which I think is what's happened. I only, I, I, I've only seen this briefly uh, since I come home from work this evening. Um, but they'll, they'll talk about that big pot of money. But, w- but what they forget is is all the things that that big pot of money gets spent on. And it's not, it's, it's not distributed uh, fairly. Uh, th- th- there's no fair system in this country nope, not um, at all. For, for school funding. So, so it, it, you know, I, I'm, I'm a very small, uh, very small one form entry primary school, um, which has very few free school meals um, and funding is absolutely atrocious. Whereas neighbouring schools, to mine, funding is so much better. Um, uh, th- so, so perhaps, perhaps would would my neighbouring schools may be able to afford that pay increase? I certainly can't. It would be devastating for my school. So, so when they talk about this this pot of money and it being fully funded, it it's it's all it, it's it's nonsense. It's it's a smokescreen. Um, well, and the the pot of money that was announced. Was the fully fund last year's pay award? Not the pay award that hasn't been agreed yet. There's no funding being put towards that one. No, they just used a crystal ball at the moment, aren't they? And saying, exactly. you, you know, that, that uh, energy won't cost so much money uh, in the future. <laughs> therefore, uh, the money that we will have we will have budgeted for that can be put towards this pay increase and all, all this other nonsense that's going on. Well, it's, they can come and have a look. They, they can come and have a look at my budget and the fact that we've had to increase our energy costs, our energy budget line by twenty five percent. It's absolutely astronomical. It is not coming down. No matter, we've got we've got 60 solar panels on the roof of our school and it's still having no impact. So it's, they, they are so out of touch. They don't speak to us as school leaders. They just make up these random figures. I'd love to know where they're getting their information from because it's not from the horse's mouth. Well, the, um, at a national level, the um, statistics body, which is an independent body of government, has said that it was affordable at the national level. Now, 92% of school leaders say that their school cannot afford, could not afford it. Um, now, we do have Michael, who has joined us. 
before we hear from Michael, I just want to read out a few of the tweets we've had from people. Um, so Michael, who we're going to hear from soon, says, I have proper feel for parents who have children going through school. There's a stress parents go through to get their child academic ready because their stressful journey can start from early years, with narrative observations and summative assessments and even parents' evening. Um, Laura has said, totally agree with everything that Kerry and Mark has said. If we had no tests in May, we could teach for far longer like we did post-COVID. That year, I felt I had more time to fully teach and embed the learning. And um, Bruce McBruce has said exactly right. Don't do the tests. Affect the powers rather than the parents. And Mark73934136 has said MBE for Kerry Forrester, surely. <laughs> oh, how nice. But seriously, it's it's about our children, isn't it? It's but about is, crying. We, oh, we, let's we, just get our voice heard. We, we, I mean, we, we've seen this over the last couple of months, and particularly um, back on, I believe it was 20th of March, it was Flora Cooper who stood up there and said, no, actually, I'm not letting Ofsted in. And Ofsted did come in in the end. Um, but it was Flora who stood up, made her voice heard, started a conversation, and look where we've gone since with Ofsted. And, you know, regardless of your thoughts on Ofsted, nobody can deny that um, Flora has been a real trailblazer on that. And Kerry, it sounds as if you could be doing doing exactly the same how does that make you feel I just I've got so many colleagues who I know feel the same and I as I said it's my road to Damascus as that paper was opened and I saw the faces of our children who are so fantastic to see that and just to watch their body language we need to fight and yeah, if I can be a voice that helps us fight to get rid of these toxic tests that we put our children through, yes, I'm more than happy to do it. But I know I'm a voice that speaks for so many. Um, Michael, good evening. You've joined us. Just t tell us about who you are and what you want to add to the conversation this evening. Oh yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Ah, oh, fantastic. Hi, so uh, like yeah, my name is Michael. Um, I'm currently working for the NHS and I am an early years manager as we speak. Um so just adding on, it's 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 lovely to hear really of um what kind of you know the similarities from primary, secondary and even like the similarities going towards the early years sector, especially when it comes to like Ofsted and our frameworks obviously slightly different, but we do try and blend into the school's framework as much as possible. And we do go through the, I wouldn't say the same struggles, but there definitely is struggles that are in there. For example, you know, going through towards like the tests and getting there, getting the children academic ready for school, trying to promote that school readiness. And um, again, it's, it's obviously our main goal is to try and promote and gain them relationships especially towards the schools to help the schools so when we are submitting our reports and summative assessments existed to the schools um obviously the developments it's uh, as you can imagine it can be quite tricky to uh, try and keep on track uh, especially when Ofsted are looking to say how are you actually getting these academic ready and I think as well sometimes what you can get confused with is that Early years isn't schools, you know what I mean? We're not, you know, we are a nursery, but we're also not a school. So, like, we're not just, you know, 
babysitters, etc. You know, they are there to we are there to try and get them academic ready. But you know, when we're going through the same Ofsted regulations as some primary schools, it can be tough. And especially when it comes to like the government and the funding, like we're like hundred percent that early years educators aren't as well paid as a uh, primary school teachers. And I'm not saying, you know, we don't do the same work or we don't do enough work to be recognised, but certainly, especially when it comes to, like, you know, the lockdown, the COVID, like, fair play, that I know schools got shut down, but all the nurseries were still up and open for the NHS, and I understand that the teachers took part in that as well. Um, because we did have teachers in our nurseries as well that you know we're willing to work and support the nhs which we you know we would all look for but we definitely didn't get recognized especially when it comes towards the funding and the pay rises because in a in a way the early years education and the childcare system didn't really get didn't really get a mention in, in my opinion um so it's you know it is one of them uh, the early years education you know system has been neglected in my opinion definitely thank you for that michael um now i really want a cold call now um and i want to talk to lucy lucy you are in portugal and you're going to stay on mute for now but you've unmuted yourself behind the ttr account are you is are you a case of lying in the sun and going what are sats um Yes and no. Yes, in the sense that we don't do them in the international system, but we do do something called GLs, which I can't remember what GL stands for. Um, But that used to be strictly a year six thing. And really, there was no pressure on it in terms of, you know, we're not teaching to the test or anything like that. It's just something that kind of goes on to the secondary schools to say, hey, this is where these kids are at. We're now doing it throughout the entire school, well, year two up, which I don't agree with necessarily, but because we are part of a bigger uh, corporate organisation and all the schools kind of fall in and do it, we now have to fall in as well for no reason other than, well, data points, really. Interesting, thank you. I don't know what GL stands for. Uh, it's a, a brand name, Tom. A brand name of an assessment tool. I'm sure that. Oh, that's brand... it. Yeah, I don't actually know what the GL stands for, but many other assessment tools no. are available. Some people use NFERs. Do exist, yes. You know, uh, mm. things like that. But yeah, a standardised kind of uh, SAT but private. Mm-hmm. Um, Holly Hobson has said, as a teacher and mum of a year six child currently in the middle of SATs, my stress levels are high this week, making sure she is calm, calm, happy, calm, not stressed, and realise her best is always good enough, no matter what the test papers say. Um, I hope everybody's got that attitude as well. Just make sure that every child's best is always good enough in times like these. Now, we've got about two minutes left. Kerry, um, any final words? Um, write to your MPs. Just write to your MPs. Absolutely shout from those rooftops. Our children should not be going through this. We should not be putting them through it. We saw through the COVID years there is no requirement for statutory testing for our primary age children. We just need to absolutely stand together 
we need to stop this attack on the mental health and well-being of our children and enable them to love the learning that they're doing. Let them enjoy primary and enter secondary with a passion for learning that will take them so far in life. Thank you for that, Kerry. Um, Mark, any last words? Um, I think we just need to follow uh, Kerry's call to, to, to make sure that, that the concerns over SATs are very much voiced uh, widely and, and loudly. Um, and I think uh, Kerry needs to put herself forward as the champion for that, I think. <laughs> and finally, Mr Matt. I just think we're at a massive crossroads, a, a, a huge crossroads with Ofsted. And I think today in particular has been a big eye-opener that we're, we're at that same crossroads with SATs. And what we've got going on at the moment isn't looking particularly fit for purpose for the long term. So time for change. Time for change. And Lucy, you've got your hand up. Oh, hello. I just wanted to say quickly, I did, I can't resist a cheeky poll. So I did one regarding uh, the wearing of hoodies before, before the, before, try that again, whether you should be able to wear them straight after SATs or last week of term. And straight after SATs has 46%, last week of term is at 54. Fantastic. Sure, that will continue. Yeah, close. Three hours and 47 minutes. Um, Now, um, Tomorrow we've got three shows for you. We've got Josia Farag at 11am. 7.30, we're back on Twitter Spaces. It is Education Tonight um, with Brent Poland and Adam Spence. And at 9pm, we've got another cracking late, late show for you from Paul Hazard. Friday, um, 11am, the morning break. John Gibbs has got another show lined up. And um, I will be seeing you again on Sunday at 10am for a weekly review and that will be streamed live on Twitter on YouTube and on LinkedIn and we'll be reviewing the week in education Sats may well get a mention again uh, but other than that a big thank you to Carrie, to Mark and to Mr Mac um, a massive thank you to Nathan my co-host and a very um, big thank you to everybody who's listened in to Teachers Talk Radio tonight. If you don't already, make sure you drop us a follow and make sure you subscribe to us on our websites at ttradio.org and you check out all of our latest shows. Um, So thank you very much for joining us tonight. Thank you to our wonderful guests and we shall see you soon on Teachers Talk Radio, leading the education conversation.